Hello, my friends. Today, Joel is talking to Alexander, founder and CEO of Lemon.io, a Ukrainian remote staffing company for engineers. And they discuss what it has been like leading his company while relocating from a war zone, steps Alexander and his company have taken to make sure their employees are safe, and how you can support the war effort in Ukraine. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I was really excited to, to talk with you. I guess the way that this whole thing got started was there was this article about running a business from a bomb shelter. And that's because, you know, you're currently in Ukraine. And uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? So, yeah, we, we realized um, that the was started. Didn't believe it until the last minute. That was very full of us, full, foolish of us. When we realized that we were really here, we, it took us at least um, two weeks to not get back because we're not still back. We have people in occupied cities and we have still, we have people who are mobilized, but at least to, to get to some level of, of productivity in the company. We should, uh, we, we were, we, we did a, we did a, uh, we started planning for the war before, even though we didn't believe like it was, it was obvious that something would happen, but we didn't think it will go full scale and we will, we will find ourselves over here. And also we thought, okay, even if, like we've never been at the war, so you don't know what's gonna happen for sure, right? You don't, you cannot realize. Like we we're, we're thinking, okay, if something happens, let's gather everyone in the city on the west called Lviv, and let's work from there. Okay, that's that's not a brainer. But in reality, when everything happened, the, the roads were packed. It was high traffic. We couldn't move. People stayed on the road for like 30, 40 hours. The city was packed. Everyone went there because it's the biggest city on the west. So you, we couldn't find accommodation. Nothing. And also, we didn't realize that people were going to be doing their own decisions because they have families, they have their own choices, and we couldn't just gather them just because we wanted them to, to be together and help them. Uh, we wanted to help them, but they, they were thinking for themselves in terms of safety, in terms of relocation and everything. A lot of people wanted to stay where they are, even though it was like, you know, like several people were in Kharkov. It's one of the cities that were uh, hit the most. And... Uh, there are several people who chose to stay there, even though there were very pretty intensive fights over there. Uh, so we didn't realize this before the war and we said, okay, let's plan this, this, this. If this is going to happen, we'll do this. But in reality, it was very naive of us to think that we would be able to do anything. Uh, with, with the smart thing what we did is we gave people uh, two months advance of salary before the war started, so they have actual cash. And we understood that if there was will be full invasion, they you know they probably will be a problem with the banking system. They won't be able to get cash, and uh, it was not like that. But still, still having cash was very um, was very helpful because uh, you know there were lines to ATMs, there were not enough cash in ATMs, uh, the um, uh, branches were closed, and uh, and so on. <clears throat> also, important thing that we did that was that was great that we ensured everyone that no one will lose their jobs. Whatever happens, unless they move to Russia, but no one, we knew no one would, would but uh, like there were, there were several people who were mobilized, who were on the front and protecting us. We told them, you're going to keep your jobs, you're going to keep your salaries, we'll keep them paying, you know, until the company is still alive. And also we, we understood that <clears throat> some people will be volunteering, 
some people will be moving around a lot and you know the productivity will be much much less so we said like you have to do your thing you have to help your family you have to help your community you have to help yourself you know take your time we're not in rush even at the beginning we said you know among founders that you know okrs our goals are not relevant anymore we have we live in different world so let's just kill most of the process in the company and you know, not focus on that and just let people, you know, find their places and relocate and, you know, find safety. And then we'll think, you know, what to do later. So everyone was very calm in terms of they didn't rush into working and they did their job, you know, did their thing to 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 get to places that are safe. Most of them did. Some relocated to the West, some, some relocated to other countries. And then like two, three weeks after that, uh, you know, m- most of the people came back to work and uh, very... Uh, motivated to to keep working. Yeah, and you have you know a lot of you have sixty plus employees, right? And did some of them stay in Ukraine? Most of them in Ukraine. Yeah. Are they still in Ukraine? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. And what's their like every day like? Are they like serving in the military during the day and programming at night, or what's their life like? So the people who are serving in the military, they are not working. They show up like once a week just to just to motivate us and to, to, to see other people. But they, you know, if you're on, if you're in the military, you're, you're at war. You're like, there, there's no break. There are a few people who are in occupied cities. Now it's, I think two people. Uh, and you know, whenever they have connection and they can go online and start working with us, they, they do because they want to do this. You know, what do you do if you're, you know, if you're in occupied cities, right? They, they, they cannot go on vacation. They cannot rest. Um, so whenever they have a chance to talk to people and spend spend time with the people they like, you know, they do that. But the majority of the people are in the safe places. Of course, there is uh, there are sirens, there are missiles, and they have to go to shelters whenever they can, whenever they whenever there is a, a danger. But other than that, uh, people are working as, as much as they can. What are they talking There's, about, like on a day to day basis, in regards to like <laughs> the war and what's going on? Oh yeah, it, it takes. A lot of talks is, is about is about war. Of course, uh, first of all, uh, there are loved ones that are on the war right now, like their fathers, brothers, husbands, uh, and uh, they talk about this. They talk about you know, if you go to a bomb shelter a few times a day, of course, um, they you know a lot of people are afraid of full mobilization that all men will go to the army. Uh, they talk about this, and uh, because again, like some fathers and brothers and husbands are still at home, but there's a chance they will have to go to war. That is very dangerous, and they could lose them. And of course, people speak about this a lot. But also, we—it's not like we. This is only we talk about, and uh, people are trying to put their heads heads around this, and like maybe try to focus on something else. That's why, like um, a month after the war started, we decided to put back our goals as they were before the war, because, you know, this feeling of, of, of that you can actually accomplish something and you can actually win something is, is very encouraging. And, you know, we, we say that our work is not, uh, our, our lives are not circle around work, but to be honest, it is, you spend, you know, one third of there. And also whatever happens in your work will influence your regular life. If you are losing at work and you, or your boss is, 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 is bullying you at work, it will definitely influence your, your family, your regular life, your um, attitude, everything, right? So if at work you're winning and you see the results of your work and you see that it's it's growing, 
of course, and, and you see you're accomplishing because work can work can take for for long. I don't you know I, I don't want to predict, but you know wars take long to to win or to to, to or to settle. Um, but when you see some accomplishments at work, it's much easier to live your life and be motivated and have hope in your life. Yeah, I was reading um, some of the average wars last like two to three years, like historically, not specific to like you know Ukraine or mm-hmm. anything. Um, so in general, the people at your company morale is sort of back to, to where it needs to be because people enjoy the structure of like getting work. And then there's just some nervousness about the potential of the people who are there having to go into the military. The the morale is not back. Uh, People are pretty stressed. uh, And even though they're trying to live their normal lives, but you can see that this is a different person. This is a person with different perspectives. And, you know, like we had a person, uh, we, we have our uh, head of marketing. He's in army and he showed up last, you know, he showed up and people just, some people just have cried, crying right on the spot. So morale is, uh, morale is, is, is hard when, after he started, but in reality, you can say that people break down very easily. And, uh, it's not their fault. They they're still facing a massive, massive um, danger, and um, not only be, being hurt themselves, but also their families, uh, their friends. And uh, how how do you like? You're one of the founders. You're one of the leaders of the company. Uh, obviously, this is like I don't think there's any management book on this, right? So this is a a really um, unique situation right now, but. Are you just focused on your team and and handling things as it as it comes, or like what are the conversations like uh, with your co-founders? You know, we have to as, as founders, we have to very much protect whatever happening in the company. So we have like fifty five people in the company, and we have to make sure they're protected. So we would think what else we can do to protect them. For example, we started psychology sessions, group psychology sessions. So people enjoy, and you know, there's some psychiatrists that can explain them how to deal with this and that. So a lot of, if before that we were planning like growth, 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 now we have to think about like how to sustain people morale, how to sustain people health, physical health, and and and, and stuff like that. Uh, we have to think about do people have enough money, because when you relocate, uh, I relocated myself. You know, it's it's hard. Like you. Through your life, you gain so much, you know, so much stuff, so much crap in your in your house, in your apartment. Then you have to leave it all, and you have to switch to another place. And like we left, we we took on the one suitcase with two kids. Uh, I, I imagine the rest of the people did the same because some didn't have cars. Uh, I also didn't have a car. I borrowed from a friend. But if you had to go to a train, you couldn't bring your stuff. You couldn't bring several luggages because the you know on the in the place of your luggage could stay you know another person, and and leave in the train. So I can we can understand that we have to understand that like people relocated and maybe we should give them more money. Some people relocated to other countries. Maybe we should you know help them too. There's one girl who her mother didn't want to go to another um, to 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 leave uh, the city that was really um, that was hit the mo- one of the most. Uh, and they waited until um, a month ago. I'm sorry, yeah, two weeks ago, when it was even even dangerous to go out on the street, so they couldn't leave. Uh, we helped them to find a, a person who would drive them and evacuate them, uh, and um, and we pay for that. Now she's in, in Greece, 
she needs to take care of her health and she needs to, you know, rent an apartment, buy this one, that. No one's going to give it to her for free. So we help help her to at least get back on the to some to some level of you know having things to get for her daily life. We think about this a lot. We think about like how to structure a company so it can still can still function normally. So we fifty five people don't lose their jobs because it's very important to give. I mean, we want to keep our company also, but also we think about like how how those fifty five people would appear. What are going to happen if we're going to lose a company? Are they going to lose their jobs? So we have to be very um, be very mindful of how do we do our business right now. Before that, we were very easy on investing in marketing and other things. Now we have to think like through to have enough cash. Also, we donate um, uh, we donate all our profits to to the army uh, through different funds. So we have to think about also like how do we do this? There are some people who uh, we know um, they have friends or relatives in the army, and we're trying to help to help them find. Uh, ammunition and uh, different things like drones to help them actually protect us. So, yeah, conversations change a lot. We and things that we focus on we change a lot. Um, before they were thinking, okay, do we wanna, do we want to keep the company or sell the company? Do we want to uh, take investment and or bootstrap? Now it's a totally different world. We have different priorities right now. So I want to take like the the you and your company conversation and and put it to the side and i want to just kind of like talk to you as a person a father right with with kids and are you a citizen of ukraine like were you born in ukraine yes i was born in ukraine and i lived in ukraine most of my life okay so as like a ukrainian right i'll share with you really quickly so i've got um three friends uh one in kiev uh one in uh Belarus and one in Moscow and we've worked together um, on and off freelancing together for 10 years so we knew each other before we had wives and kids and everything and and I was in you know slack talking to them uh, you know all of them and the entire time I was saying hey this looks like it's going to happen and they're saying no 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 this is no, 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 no. All three of them from all three different countries. Like, it's not going to happen. He's just, you know, ruffling feathers or, or trying to scare people. And I was like, it looks like it's going to happen. And then it happened. And it was like really surprising to all of them. I'm curious, why why was it so surprising for some people? I mean, first of all, it's denial. Uh, first of all, it's hard to, 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 to believe that uh, something can happen like this in 2021, right? It's, it's just crazy to think about this, that in, in the middle of Europe, something can happen like this. Now, secondly, um, it, the war started not, not two months ago. The war started um, when in, in 2014. So there was already ongoing war on the east of Ukraine. Uh, and and we are, were all, already living the war. And we knew that the war is somewhere in the east. There is something happening there. There's you know bad days and good days. And this is how you imagine it's going to go. We've never been on the full-scale war before. That's why I think people were like, no, it's not going to happen, and it's impossible. Because we were living that war before. We didn't think it will scale to that part. We were thinking, okay, maybe it's going to expand a little on the east to, to other cities. So my, 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 my parents lived on the east. <clears throat> and uh, by the way, their home doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and uh, I spoke to them about 
what's going to happen and how can we evacuate them if something happens because we didn't want to leave before that. So I didn't think that I would have to evacuate myself, right? So didn't, I mean, we had a plan, we had a suitcase, but in reality, we didn't even think this is possible. We just, you know, let's do this, just we have to do this, but we didn't think this through. If I was believing that this going to happen, I would just, you know, go outside of Ukraine and stay there until you know there's a there's a better situation. Because there were there were, there were already something going on on the border and from the Russian side they were, you know, provocating uh fights uh, and it was pretty clear that something gonna happen, but that it will go full scale and the missiles in you know the close airports. No. And even more, I'm also a citizen of Israel and okay. uh, you have you have to register that you are a citizen of Israel living in Ukraine, so do that. Um, and I get emails, I get Facebook ads saying you have to leave Ukraine now because later it will be hard, impossible to leave with the like red uh, exclamation mark. And I still, you know, was in some kind of denial probably and not believing that, you know, it's possible. And so what was the exact moment where you said we need to get the suitcase and leave? It was already uh, it was already uh, in in the middle of the day of the of the war, <clears throat> so we woke up actually overslept because the war started at five a.m. Uh, and then uh, we woke up maybe at six. So I didn't hear the sirens, uh, and at the beginning it was impossible to leave uh, Kiev because of the roads were already you know blocked and it was high traffic. People stayed for many many hours. Uh, people stay for like 20, 30 hours on the road, where it's usually six seven hours, <clears throat> and uh, there was already problems with gas. You could only get like 20 liters uh, per time. And it was like two, three hours line. Um, and um, we said, okay, we're going to stay in Kiev because it's impossible to leave. Um, but later in the day, uh, later in the day, um, they announced curfew. And I understood that, you know, with a curfew through the night, the road's going to empty. And we could, you know, there's a chance to leave without, um, without high traffic. And we went before the car. We went there is a there is a village, uh, Jewish village outside of Kiev. We went there. We stayed overnight, and like it was toward in like the first thing, the coffee and we we just went and uh, we, we could. It was it was pretty empty. This is when we understood. Uh, <laughs> this is when we started acting. And then from there, you how did you actually get to Israel? I, I went to I went to the west, uh, to the western city where my mother in law. We stayed there. And then we went to another city. Uh, we were looking for the border where there's um, um, there's no, again, like you could stay on the border for like 30 hours. Um, and like with two kids and a suitcase and uh, and it was raining or snowing, I don't remember already. So we decided to go further to the west, closer to closer to Hungary. And then over there, we on the border of Hungary, we crossed the border and went to, went, then flew to Israel. And you were driving? No, uh, I don't own this car. It's my friend's car. I live in the city, and I'm a, kind, I'm a city kind of person. Don't don't, don't like cars, and I, but uh, it was my friend's car. I left it in, on the west by someone I, I know, uh, and uh, then we crossed the border by foot. Okay, wow. And then, what's the type of conversations that you're having with your kids about this? Like, how how do you explain it to them? How old are they? Too <laughs> sorry. I know I'm asking a lot of yeah. questions. How old sure, are they? Sure, yeah, yeah. Let's start with um, six and three. My boy's six. My my girl's three. Okay. Uh, we're pretty transparent. Uh, we're not trying to hide anything. I was always like that with them. I, I I had no problem explaining that if you're not intensive on the road, you're gonna die. 
not that the car gonna hit you, that it will lead you to not living. Um, so we were pretty transparent with what's going on, and we couldn't hide it because on the road there were already sirens. We had to go to bomb shelter all the time through the night, so we had to explain him what's going on. Of course, uh, kids uh, understand through through their prism, and they talked about this a lot. And you know, of course, they were like, tripping and <laughs> about how they were explaining this. But we were pretty transparent. Uh, the girl, she's three. She wouldn't understand most of it, meaning like the meaning of it. But we had to talk to them equally. Um, this is what we choose. And what what's like? I can't read Ukrainian. Um, what's the Ukrainian news like talking about right now? I don't read news. Oh, you don't read the news? <laughs> Smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what I read is. Uh, uh, is a Telegram channel that tells you about what's going on, the facts, not the opinions. Opinions are very speculative, and it's just one opinion again against another opinion, and it's gonna be like this. 50-50. Okay, so why would why do I uh, spend my why would I spend my time on reading this and thinking about this, and also living through this, thinking that oh this might happen, this might happen. If you know it's a 50-50 chance, I would better spend my time with kids. They are very stressed, and you know I have to spend time with them too. Like they're different people right now, like in terms of uh, emotional health, different people. And uh, spend my time with company. We need to. We are growing, and thanks God we're growing to uh, like we never grew before. But you know we could lose a company right away if the whatever happened. Full mobilization in Ukraine, right? We could lose our company. So I would better spend more time in the company and, and, and trying to, to grow it even further that it would be at the point that it would be much harder to lose and or we have more money to, to save, et cetera. So yeah, news, I try to stay away. So you're saying full mobilization. Is that when the, the men have to be a part of the military versus volunteer? Oh, there's the, everything is, is have to right now. So they have a queue where... Mobilization is mandatory for everyone. It's just there are volunteers too, but there is a queue of mobilization. So the first part of mobilization was people who were at war already. So someone who was at war in 2014 and already fighted and know better this, you know, the, the, the fighting, um, they, they mobilized first. Then the people who were in the army but were not, never in the fight, then etc. etc. So the last people who were never ever even taught or Dumb like me, I never had a gun in my hand. Uh, so this is the last, you know, the last number in the queue. But other than that, it can be full mobilization of all the men. Um, in America, there's like more guns than people. We've got a lot of guns, right? And yeah. it's it's almost like a sort of hobby for a lot of people, uh, including myself. So I've been around a lot of guns, have a lot of guns. I just it's a hobby sport type thing. Wow, where do you live? Tennessee in the United States. Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Uh, I was I was spent most of my life in Florida, and then mm-hmm. we moved. Um, we wanted more land. Uh, when all of this stuff happened, we we were in a in like a close neighborhood, like city type neighborhood, and we wanted mm-hmm. to go out to like a place where we could, you know, grow food or have animals, and um, wow. so we found that in Tennessee. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. What's what's the culture like there in Ukraine? Do most people have guns in their house? Like I'm talking about before the war. So I know two people who have guns in their houses. Um, that's it. Okay. Also, my um, my surrounding is is very different. Like I'm I'm an Orthodox Jew, and 
all my surrounding are Orthodox, not all, like, but a lot of my surrounding are Orthodox Jews. And those people don't own the guns in in Ukraine. I mean, m- maybe in Texas they are, uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I've been to Houston. But by the way, they 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 have guns in houses. They have lots of um, guns in Houston. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah, um, yeah. I have two people who own guns, but not not a lot. I didn't know a lot of people who did. And the laws are still. I think the laws are still not not very in in favor of of, of guns. Uh, you had to go through a lot to to own a gun and to be able. I mean, be able to use. You cannot use a gun unless you are hunting. You have to have a license unless you are training. There's also some regulations around this, but like having them and keeping it home, I think it's it's harder. Now, because you're in Israel, right? So you're outside of Ukraine currently. I'm outside of Ukraine. I'm, I'm in the United States right now. Oh, you're in the United States? Yeah. Oh, what part? I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. This is so funny because when you were talking about being an Orthodox Jew, I was like, I've got several Orthodox Jew friends and they all live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Monsey. It's uh, 40 minutes from Brooklyn. Yeah. Honestly, like it, I've, I've gotten to go up there and um, like hang out with them and see their community and stuff like that. And it's it was really cool because it's when you hear the word community and you're not an Orthodox Jew or you're just like a normal citizen, it's one thing. But when you hear community, how they do community, it's like really cool. Um, but it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. We've been taking care of so much over here. It's just unbelievable. So the conversations that like you're having with your wife and your family are, are more around creating a sense of normalcy with your life right now. Um, is, is that accurate or? Of course. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot about that or physical comfort, emotional comfort. We talk about this most of the time, to be honest, because we've been on the road for, for two months and uh, just we, we just got to to, to United States uh, okay. trying to find uh, the right place. And uh, yeah, we speak a lot about this and, and, and see, if, of course, a lot of a lot of this is around kids because they they're stressed and they have to go. They, 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 they've been through, you know, through different uh places and already like to schools and so hard on them but also physical comfort but i believe people who are able to get back to to normal life have to because like whatever whatever you are going through if you are trying to live your normal life and what means normal life to work normally and to be able to contribute normally if you are in a good health and in a good living a normal life uh you could actually be helpful to the people who are not like example we spend as I told, we, we um, donate all the profits to, to the army. So whatever I make right now, not, not me, I'm sorry, whatever our company makes right now, we if we make more, we're going to donate more. If we make less, how do you make more? You are, you're, you're a saint, you can make good decisions. And uh, how do you make good decisions? You have to be in a, in, a, in a good state of mind. So I think this is this yes. is the right thing to do right now. That is, I love that what you just said you make really poor decisions when you're frantic and fearful. You make really good decisions when you're in a good state. Mm. Again, like good state is very, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the word, but it's subjective. Good state is, yeah. is objective. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like we're still stressed to still read the, the, the facts and news like this missile there, you know, uh, happened this happened that. And also we have friends and like all the 55 people in the company who are there, not 55, I'm sorry. Uh, I think of 30, 37 something people are in Ukraine still. So we talk to them, we're worried about them. So there's no, there's no normal state, but 
trying to 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 reach it as 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 close as possible. It's 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 what I'm aiming for for my family. Do you find that the tech community is very supportive in the sense that they want to give you business and and help? Yeah, a lot of support. I wrote this tweet um, that went viral that you know how we're getting ready to the war, and like uh, if uh, trying to go back and read this tweet, I was very foolish to do that. But the things that worked for us, like you know, keeping people's jobs and uh, uh, and so on, a lot of people related, and they reach out. Clients reach out to us and said, like, we want to do the same thing. If someone is mobilized, we want to keep paying them, or if they cannot work temporarily, we want to keep paying them. So the community is very helpful, and there are a few initiatives like hire from Ukraine or buy from Ukraine, and people are very intended. I I had another tweet where I said that a lot of people I know lose their jobs, and let's try to to find them. And I had, I think I had like hundred plus uh, answers, people looking for engineers, marketers, um, virtual assistants, and so on and so on. And we could match a lot of people. Any specific charities or causes that we can, that you like that we can link to in the show notes? Um, yeah, we donate uh, to a few. We actually donate to two charities right now. And then like if, uh, uh, someone reaches out personally, we, we do that, but not to the fund. Uh, there's one called um, Come, Back, uh, Come Back Life. Um, in Ukraine, it's Kornizhevim. Um, it's, uh, it's a foundation that was helping army since 2014. Uh, they are very trustworthy and they, you know, they're doing amazing things. We see like they, they're, they're supplying army with the things that it's hard to find. And uh, it, it's just amazing what they do. Uh, we support them and there is <clears throat> another... Uh, foundation that was created by uh, product managers uh, from tech firms, and they also created a fund that also supplying just with the smaller stuff, uh, but still it's uh, like for the you know for the safety of uh, of soldiers and also for the like drones and things that will help them you know be- make better decisions and, and when protecting us. It's called Koloyo. Uh, they're also amazing people. We support them widely, and uh, we know them very well. All of them are you know deeply concerned what's going on and working around the clock to to do that and to, to spend the money wisely. And then, you know, there were a few great initiatives. So like Airbnb, did, if you if you saw that, they, so someone booked a, an apartment in, in Ukraine that did, they didn't want to use. They just wanted to send people directly the money. So I think uh, Airbnb advertised this and uh, a lot of people did that. So much money were sent directly to people uh, through Airbnb. There is one more initiative that is really good made by one of our VCs. Not our VCs, VCs in Ukraine. Uh, we, don't, we didn't have the uh, venture funding. So they did, uh, they gathered donations and then they gave, um, I think, each family thousand dollars to the families who were affected by, by the war. Amazing. And then we can get those links from you. Um, sure. I, I will follow up with email. Yeah. So that way we can put them in the show notes and anybody who wants to, to donate or contribute, they can. That would be great. Yeah. A few things you can do is, is, is donating directly is, is, you know, it's a great help. Then uh, uh, buying from, from Ukraine, because if, if when you have economy running, you can actually keep supplying the army. You know, we, we have to do that. We have to. And also, it's not just supplying the army, but also you can pay other people and those people support their families. So you actually like hiring one person, you're supporting like 10 or 20 people. Uh, at the end. Uh, so like hiring and buying from Ukraine is, is, is also very helpful. Is there any other topics 
that, um, so I, if I seem a little off, it's just like, this is a big thing happening. I've never lived through anything like this. And I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I ask the right questions and, and, you know, cover topics that people would want to hear about. And is there anything that I haven't asked or brought up that you want to talk about? Yeah, we spoke about this already, but uh, what I learned with this situation, also never been there and never wanted to experience this, uh, but what I learned when you um, manage the company, you very much rely on people and how do they feel? And you cannot, you know, you cannot make them feel good. You you can only help them feel better by by fixing something. So like if you tell people that we're going to support the cause, support right now, whatever is disturbing you, it's, it's going to help them to cope with that. And they will be motivated to contribute to your company so you contribute to their cause. Like we said, we're going to you know contribute all the profits to the army and people just went around the, you know, over their heads to, to, to be as productive as possible because they know whatever they do is going to influence the outcome of what they can contribute. Also, like we, uh, we thought like maybe we should kill our goals for, for a year because like we didn't want to put even more pressure on people and they are very pressurized. But later we learned that, you know, all those wins that they have is very encouraging and, you know, it helps people to to cope with a, with a lot of stress. It's actually like a, I don't know, the work becomes like kind of metaverse from the reality uh, of, you know, of, of the tragedy that's going on. And the third thing is is, is, is very important to give people, if, if, if they in this kind of situation, to give people the some kind of foundation, some kind of hope uh, that they can keep their job. Whatever happens, they not only they have to go through all the shit, right? But also they uh, they may be fired because they cannot work or they can lose their jobs or salaries, right? If you give them feeling that they are safe in the site, it's unbelievable. You know what kind of return you can get in terms of uh, in terms of emotional return, in terms of uh, you know uh, productivity in the future. People are very thankful and grateful and uh, they will be much more loyal even though if they are still loyal they, they will be much more loyal and they'll be contributing as you know as hell thank you so much for listening and if you found this episode useful please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it and if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email joel at moderncto.io Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.